Okay, you may be seated. Get ready. We are going to take off. As I said, we are doing the fruit of the Spirit, and we've had a great time uh, walking through these. We've been breaking down each one individual. Hey, would, hey, Dane. Dane, Dane, excuse me, don't say anything. I forgot to put that in. Would you? Thank you, man. I knew that was somewhere. I had it here in my notes. Give to the Lord. It's right there. Um, yeah, so, so we've been going over this, and it's been a a journey that we've gone through, and we're talking about this thing of fruit, and really um, it's something that God wants to develop in us. It's something he wants to grow in us. Like once we give our life to Christ, that's not it. That's the starting line. That's where we start, but he wants to grow us up. And so he gives us gifts, but he also grows fruit. And I like to put it this way. Gifts are given. Everybody say this with me. Gifts are given. Fruit is grown. So what happens is, so God gives everybody gifts. Like there's nobody that's left out. God doesn't run out. Doesn't, God doesn't, you, didn't, you know, you didn't show up on the planet and God goes, whoops, what am I going to do with them? I'm out of gifts. It's like, no, he gives everyone gifts that we get, to, we get to develop. Well, we get to discover them. We get to develop them. We get to pull them. Matter of fact, that's a great way you can do that is through the growth track. Today is membership, but next Sunday, Easter Sunday, and we'll still have the growth track. It's where you discover your design, where God designed you specifically the way you are, and he gave you gifts that, that only you can do. I mean, they may be similar, but only you can accomplish them the way you can because you're an individual. You're unique, and God loves to do that. And so these gifts are given, but then when you have these gifts, and many people operate them, he needs character. He needs a foundation to help operate these from. And this is where we have a lot of people that have gifts and they're operating, but they don't have the character to be able to support the gift that God gives them. And this, God doesn't want one without the other. He wants both. But character has to do with day-to-day these, 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 this growing of the fruit, it's a day-to-day thing, like it continual, constant. It's like right now, um, uh, right now is the season where you're growing things. And some of you have these things called green thumbs, and you're blessed. And, man, they, you, you can give them anything, and it just starts nourishing and flourishing. Man, I've got one of these things called this black thumb that anything you give me, green, yellow, red, it turns to black dirt because, I mean, it, it starts out beautiful, and then all of a sudden it goes, oh, man, it, it, that wasn't that a flower? It looks just like dirt. I don't know what happened. So, but, but with that, during this process, you know it takes time. So you have to you have to do a few things. You got to water. You got to nurse. Uh, my wife is incredible. She's one of those nurturers and nourishers. Every day she's out there and she's doing something and she's putting water and fertilizer and making sure things get going. And then sometimes she can even get me to help, and that's a miracle. But anyhow, um, no, I'm only kidding. We do try to help that out, but. God wants to grow that in us. He wants to grow things in us. And uh, uh, in Galatians 5, that's where we're going to turn again this morning. We always open with what were the, the text we've been looking at. And we're going to start in verse, fir- uh, verse 13. And I'm going to read it out of the Good News translation. I've been reading out a different translation just to show you that uh, they're not all the same. They're the same uh, as far as in the Greek but they're, they're demonstrated differently as far as giving understanding to. And so in the Good News Translation, it reads like this. If you've got your Bible, you can look there and see how they relate to the, the, the different translations. But it says this, as for you, my friends, you were called to be free. 
But do not let this freedom become an excuse for letting your physical desires control you. Instead, let love make you serve one another. For the whole law is summed up in one command. And I mentioned this earlier, just a moment ago. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you act like wild animals, come on, anybody ever? Mm, anybody still? Mm, okay, we ain't going to talk about that this morning. We'll give you an opportunity to, to work on that. But it says, if, if we keep on doing that, it says, but if you act like wild animals, hurting and harming each other, then watch out or you will completely destroy one another. What I say is this, let the Spirit direct your lives and you will not satisfy the desires of the human nature. Another translation says flesh. Another translation says sinful nature. So we'll say here the human or flesh nature. For what our human nature wants is opposed to what the Spirit wants. And what the Spirit wants is opposed to what our human nature wants. These two are enemies and this means that you cannot do what you want to do. If the Spirit leads you, then you are not subject to the law. Verse 19, what human nature does is quite plain. It shows itself in immoral, filthy, and indecent actions, in worship of idols and witchcraft. People become enemies and they fight. They become jealous, angry, and ambitious. They separate into parties and groups. They're envious, get drunk, have orgies, and do other things like these. I warn you now, as I have before, those who do these things, and other translations who practice these things, um, will not possess the kingdom of God. Verse 22, but the Spirit produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, humility, or another translation says gentleness. Patience, there's temperance, another thing. And the last one being self-control. There's no law against such things as these. And those who belong to Christ, Jesus has put, uh, who belong to Christ Jesus have put to death their human nature with all its passions and desires. The Spirit has given us life. He must also control our lives. We must not be proud or irritate one another or be jealous of one another. And that goes to all the children in the house. They've gone out, but to all the older ones, let's don't be jealous of brothers and sisters. I don't know if any of you, any, any only children in here, you, you're the only child. You don't have to raise your hand because you're the only one anyway. Nobody, no. <laughs> Anybody had a sibling, and that's where tensions begin to happen. Because that's where we kind of feel like, you know, I have two, and it was so funny growing up. It, they would always tell you, you love. Uh, like I had a son and daughter, and it's like, you love him more than me. And my daughter would tell me that. And then my son, you love her more than me. And I'm like, you're right. No, I'm only kidding. I'd say, I love you different. Not better, not worse, not more, not less. Different. They're just different. Guys and girls are separate. They're different. And so, um, but anyhow, in that, with with what we're doing, this, this is where um, we're not to be, if we allow the Spirit the Holy Spirit to guide us, then these fruits that we're talking about are going to naturally flow out of us. And so when it, this last fruit that we've got to, um, and I, bef before we dive into it, I got I to gotta remind us of one thing. This was written to believers. 
That's where this letter was written to. This wasn't written to those people out there. This was written to us right here. <laughs> Paul wrote to the believers at the church of Galatia. And uh, it's a region. And uh, mainly that church was made up what they called Gentile believers. Another way of putting it is non-Jewish believers. Because we know that Jesus came through the lineage of the Jewish people all the way back from Abraham. All the way up to where we'll celebrate next week the, uh, the, the Savior and the, the King of kings and the Lord of lords coming. God taking on flesh and taking my stuff and taking my sin, my shame, all that took that. And so this is what... Mainly at this church were mainly Gentile believers. And there was a battle going on because anybody that studied the Jewish religion, they had rituals and they had rules that they had to follow. And they were given and it's like you got to do this, this, and this or you're not really in there. And so, so it was given, it was a lot of an outward commands that we've got to follow these things. And so when Jesus shows up, he actually, we all become one new man. He fulfilled all the laws, all the rituals were, he fulfilled every one of them. And so we became one new man in him according to Ephesians. And so, but it didn't stop some of the people in Galatia, especially the Jewish believers that were telling these new believers in Jesus, they were saying, hey, wait on, hold on just a second. Hold on just a second. <laughs> There's some things you got to do to be a real true believer's. And so they started with um, the act of circumcision for the men, and it moved on to other things like you've got to do certain activity in order to be a true believer. And Paul says, hold on, whoa, that is not, Jesus has fulfilled it, and that, that by trusting and, and trusting our life to him, there's not anything else you have to do. It's kind of like today, if you're not careful, churches can do it. It's like, so I... Lord, help me if I ever try to put more weight on you to think there's something you have to do in order to make yourself right with God. And that's what they were saying. It's like, you know, yeah, you trusted Jesus, but there's some more stuff you've got to do in order to really be a part of his family. And I want to tell you the only thing, Jesus is the only way. His life given for us, my life belongs to him. And it's, I'm one new man. Once I give my life to Christ, there's no rituals, there's no rules, there's nothing. Then I'm on a journey to allow him to have control. And that's where our battle, that's where what we just read, where the, the, the human nature, the flesh, wars against the spirit of God that's in you. Once you accept Christ, the Holy Spirit comes in, and then all of a sudden their battle begins. And this struggle goes on. And many times it's a battle for us because of our own wants and desires. And we look at this thing called self control. So we started with this fruit of love and joy and peace. And man, doesn't that just sound good? Just sound real nice. And oh, that's so good. And kindness and, and faithfulness and goodness and gentleness. And then we get to this one called self control. Control yourself. <laughs> Anybody ever heard, had somebody tell you, you better control yourself? <laughs> <laughs> or you better get a grip on yourself. Or anybody ever told yourself that? You look at yourself, you better control yourself. <laughs> look in the mirror. I mean, that, that's one of the biggest fruits. It's, it's funny we start in love and we end up with self because you know what? I love what uh, Derek Prime said. Um, and uh, he's a uh, preacher. He was in England, in London, and traveled all over. A great preacher over there. But he actually is the one that said, self 
is one of the toughest weeds that grows in the garden of our lives. <laughs> I mean, that thing stays there. You pull it up, and you, I mean, anybody that's done any weed and stuff, you pull the weed up, you come back, and it's right back up. Whoop, what? I thought I just pulled that thing out, and it's still right there, very prominent, and it's looking me in the face. I like to put it this way, so think about it. Like, we like a lot of times to blame other people for our problem, but I promise you, every morning when you get up and you look in the mirror, um, there's this reflection that, that shows you your biggest problem. It's right there staring you in the face. <laughs> and, and, if, and, and that's not to condemn you. That's not to say, oh, I'm messed up. That's to say, I really need the Holy Spirit's help to bring this flesh under control, to, to be able to control myself the way that God wants me to. And so when we, when we think about um, why this is important and, and how we, we need this, let's be honest that, look, I don't need self-control as long as everybody else will do what I want them to. <laughs> if they just acquiesce to all my demands, there's no problem. What's the problem? But it's, as soon as something happens out of my control, when I really want control and I want to take over control, um, I, like it, I like what uh, the writer of Proverbs, Solomon, wrote this in Proverbs 25, 28. He said, a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. In other words, if you don't have this operating, it, it gives people access to you, to your thoughts, to your life, to your, to your emotions. And, and, and so walls are good. I mean, think about it. In our society today, I mean, now we don't have it like the old centuries of old where you built these giant walls around the city and you, you would do that. You would protect those from be, those oppressors and people from coming in to try to wreak havoc. And it's still, that's a good thing. But in the New Testament, this is what happens. God doesn't want us to build walls around us. He infuses us with his spirit so those oppressors that come at us, we get to make a difference in their lives. So you may come at me, but guess what? Your life's going to be changed. You have just messed up because you've just connected with somebody that loves Jesus. And now it's going to give me an opportunity to make a difference in your lives because I'm going to operate in this thing called self-control. Matter of fact, in, a, uh, in Galatians 5, remember when we started out, it says, look, freedom is not my ability to do what I want whenever I want with whoever I want. It, it calls us, freedom says this. I have the freedom to choose what is, what is right and do the right thing. Not the thing of going, hey, I, I, can't, I, can't, um, I can't allow, you know, somebody else to have any. This gives me the ability to look at myself and say, Lord, thank you. You give me this. You give me this thing. Of, I want you to control myself instead of me controlling myself. And in so doing, I can make a difference. Um, I love what Second Peter, so here, here God has this problem. He created each one of us in his image and in his likeness. He created us to be like him. And then I could, I could really break the whole uh, gospel, the whole Bible down to these few statements. And it would look something like this. Uh, the, the story of the Bible is this. God made mankind in his image and in his likeness. God gave man a free will. Man chose to reject God and come up with his own images and idols and things that he wanted to worship. God chose to redeem man, which we're going to celebrate next Sunday. Now man has a choice. And so today, we still have this choice when we're thinking of self-control, when we're thinking about what we get to do and what God's called us to do. 
the battle that we have is this thing of ourself wanting to be free and do what I want with whatever I want. And I, I know in our culture today, if we look around our world today, we can see it's real simple. Man has said, hey, God, I see you. And yeah, I've read some things and I've studied some things, but I think I want to do it my way. And I'm going to do it my way and, and I'm not really going to take a lot of heed into what you say. And this is where we get in trouble. And, I, and it's, it amazes me because I don't know about you, but I, I used to be a real, what they called sinner. Real sinner, like real some of y'all probably never did that, you know. And, and by the way, just for, for you Bible scholars, there's a difference. So I looked up because sin, sinners, in Scripture when it says sinners, you know, we like to say that word sinners. They're sinners. But what it literally means is this. Now, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have done that. But sinners in the Greek, it literally means those who are given over who look for ways to sin. Anybody up besides me ever was that way? You were looking for it. You were, you were looking for opportunity. Like it didn't have to come find me. I was going to go find it. I'm going out. I'm going to go look for it. I'm going to find it. And then I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it and have fun doing it. That's the sinner. We still sin, but it's not something we want to do. It's something that God redeems us. And now we have this desire like, I don't want to do that. I don't want that in my life. Lord, I want what you want. And I want, to make, I want you to make this different. And so as we look at this society today and we look around, this is what God's called us to do. Everybody wants to do what they want to. Want to be who they want to be, want to do what they want to do, want to say what they want to do, except for when somebody challenges them. And this is where the word of God challenges us as believers that God wants to instill within us this gift of self-control, this, this fruit, and develop it in us in, in such a way so that it's not me trying to control myself, it's him. I'm being controlled by his spirit. Matter of fact, in 2 Peter, Peter picks up on this. The, the apostle Peter, and he actually puts it this way in 2 Peter chapter 1. You can turn there in your Bibles if you'd like. Beginning in, in verse 1, it says this, Simon Peter, a servant, or another translation says a slave, an apostle of Jesus Christ to those who through the righteousness of God and Savior, Jesus Christ, have received a faith as precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of, our, and of Jesus Christ our Lord. And look what he goes on to say in verse 3. His divine power has given us everything. Everybody say everything. Everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. It's all him. It's all about him. He did this. It's the beautiful thing. It's not me trying to do this. It's me understanding and gleaning from him. And he goes on to say, through these he has given us uh, his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the, what's that word? Divine nature. Hold it. Didn't we just look at flesh nature, human nature, our sin nature? We get to participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil fleshly desires. So in other words, check this out. God created us like him in his image and his likeness, and we had all those things. Love, joy, peace, patience. Adam and Eve, man, they had that going on. And then they chose... They looked at the fruit and they said they wanted to operate 
out of the, the, the template of good and evil instead of life. And many times we get in that same tree where we relate when I'm good, God loves me. When I'm bad, God hates me. When I'm good, I'm good. When I'm bad, I'm really bad. And, when, and so we, 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 instead of relating to God on the basis of life, we operate on the basis of good works and bad works, the things we do instead of the things he's done. And so Peter said, hey, guess what? And I've got good news for everybody in the house and those watching online. We've been given this divine nature. Like the Holy Spirit, like I don't know if you know or not, but when you said Jesus, Lord, when you've given your life to Christ, and if you haven't done this, it would be a great day to do it. Jesus, I ask you to come in and change me. The Holy Spirit at that moment came in and breathed life on you and wiped away every sin you'd ever committed. Maybe you didn't experience that. Today would be a great day to experience that. And wiped it away so there's no more guilt, there's no more shame, there's no more fear. It's a love relationship that God establishes with us, that he wants us. And so when he comes in and does that, he gives us this nature now. I have this, I get to trade my old nasty, raunchy, corruptible nature for this divine, beautiful, life-giving relationship with him. And he does that. The problem we have is choosing which one we're going to be involved in. Even when we mess up, we've got to say, God, I want to connect with you, Lord. I want to do it your way, not my way. And it goes on to say because he's given us this, we get to participate in this divine nature. In verse 5 it says, for this very reason... Make every effort to add to your faith goodness. Look at this. This almost sounds like fruit. Peter almost makes it these characteristics. Into goodness, knowledge. Into knowledge, self-control. Into self-control, perseverance. Into perseverance, godliness. Into godliness, mutual affection. Into mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities, these characteristics, in increasing measure... They will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting, what have they forgotten? They've been cleansed from their past sin. So let me say this to you. Anything you've done in the past, guess what? This morning, anything that right now, it's in the past. <laughs> like when you first showed up in this building, it's already in the past when you walked in here. Jesus has come to make us and make all things new in us, and we're either going to keep looking to the past and looking at past mistakes, past failures, past habits, past hurts, past hang-ups, and we're going to focus all back there. I'm going to say, Jesus, you came to do away with that, to give me a new life that I didn't earn or deserve myself. I couldn't have done it. You couldn't have done it. That's the, glorious, that's the glory of the gospel. That's the good news that we talk about. You see, the beautiful thing is God doesn't expect us. He doesn't expect us to be able to do this on our own. But provides everything we need to accomplish it. So that, like I said, the problem we all face is being childish instead of being childlike. And I want to break that down for just a minute because anybody that has children knows the difference. Like there's times where your child's just so cute and so sweet and they're childlike and they just, just this beautiful, genuine love and, and they just trust you and, you know, and then there's times where they become childish and they want what they want when they want it. And when you don't get, when they don't get what they want, 
everybody, you and everybody around you knows they want it. Now, I was looking at videos. I was going to play one, but um, I got so caught up in them. I sat there and watched watch people acting like children. If you go, you can YouTube it. You'll get lost in it. And as I'm sitting here watching these people, I mean, they're going off. And I'll be honest, I was watching. I got to be honest. I caught myself going, I was just, I was laughing at other people's mistakes. And I was, I was like, oh, man. And then I started thinking, Jesus, if not for you, I'd be the exact same way. I'd do the exact same thing. I have done the exact same thing when they didn't get their way. And it's funny because when you think about being childish and childlike, childlike says, man, I just trust you. I need you. I want you. I got to have you. Childish says, I want my way. It's what you can do for me. I want it. Give me, give me, give me. And so God never intended us to live this life without him or handle it on our own. But he is very gracious and gives us a choice. And so when we look at self-good, Here's what we have. This is what self-control means in the Greek. Uh, ekarate is what it actually, how you almost pronounce like Almost like, ekarate. <laughs> Ekratia is what it actually says. But I always, I was like, ekarate, like, discipline. But it wasn't, and it means literally the, 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 the truth about it is, when we talk about self-control, the truth is the ability to choose the important thing over the urgent thing. And how many times in our lives, because of our society and because of our own evil desires, we want what we want instantly. I mean, think about it. Y'all, look, think about the world in which we're living right now. Remember when um, you had to wait and something that took a long time to get to you and you had to wait for it. And still there are certain things we got to. But right now, so I was out um, cutting grass yesterday, and I'm sitting there, and this lady pulls up. I was over here off Altam, and I was, I was cutting grass, and this lady pulls up, and she said, hey, is this house number? I'm like, no, that's next door. And she walks next door, and she's got this whole thing of Chick-fil-A walking up there to drop it off to him. I'm like, what? No, I'm sorry. This is the house. I don't know what, I don't know what the number is over there, but I think this is the one. But I'm sitting here thinking we live in a society that not only do you not have to wait for it, but they'll bring it to your house. Like, we want it now. I want what I want, how I want it. And if we don't get it that way, this is, the, this, is this whole thing of I want it urgent. And we look at the truth of what really self-control is. It says, I don't, yeah, that, I'd like that, but I'm going to choose the thing that's most important in my life. Not that which I, gotta, I think i got to have right now. The opposite is this, a driven, impulsive, uncontrolled person. And I don't know about you, I've been there, all of us have been there at some point in our life. You may be there this morning, but I got good news. Jesus came to help set us free from that. Or the other part, and this is where religion kicks in. So the counterfeit of real self-control is this. Willpower based on pride, the need to feel in control. And so religion says this, like, I'm in control of my destiny. I accepted Jesus. Now, God, I got it from here. And so I'll go around and tell everybody what God says, and it's really I'm not even listening to him myself. And this is where God says, whoa, we don't ever want to get to the place where we're headed. We want to allow the Holy Spirit to continually move in our lives. Self-control is not as much about not doing bad things. A lot of people think self-control is this. 
that it's, I don't do bad stuff. I'm, I'm not going to cuss. I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to chew. I'm not going to, all the things that were listed in the, um, in the first part of Galatians. In 16 and on, uh, and, and going back to 19, it thinks it's, but let me say, self-control is little, it, it's not as much about the bad thing that God doesn't want us, that, you know, we don't want to do and God doesn't want to do. It's really about choosing those good things. Like, I, I got a choice that I don't allow these things to control my life. Lord, I'm, I'm being led by your Holy Spirit. I'm being controlled by you. And in so doing, I'm giving you free reign to do what you want to do in me and through me. That's the real life. Matter of fact, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 says this. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not from yourself. In other words, I couldn't even save myself. I couldn't even do it on my best day. I couldn't be good enough and do enough good things to make me pleasing and pleasant to God. It says, nope. It's not even to myself. It's a gift. It's a charis. It's, it's by God's grace alone. And it goes on to say, not by works so that no one can boast. In other words, I can't even boast about what I have. A lot of people like to do that. It's like, no, it's only by his grace. I am who I am and I have what I have. And it, verse 10 says it this way. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Have you ever thought, I mean, let's be honest. Sometimes we struggle with things and it gets to us and, and we want to battle through them and we, we want to think we're better than what we are and many times we are speaking by faith. But the truth is, and if I could get us to kind of come back to the, the, the understanding that I'm, I'm just God's handiwork, that he's working a masterpiece in me and through me. And it doesn't happen overnight. Like if I could allow you to have a little grace that God gives you not only for, for what's going on but towards yourself. Like many times we're harder on ourselves because there again, that's that false, it's that false self-control. It's willpower. It's through pride. I've got to do this. I've got to show everybody how good I am. Or I've got to do this instead of going, no, I've got to receive this. I've got to receive more instead of do more. And so um, this is where, where Paul's talking about that I'm his handiwork. God's creating this in me, and it takes me allowing him to do that. And one of the hardest things we have to continually do is die to self. Remember that big weed I told you about looking in the mirror? I mean, we, we live in a society, you can have whatever you want, when you want as much, right there. You, it's at your fingertips, right here. You can, I can shop, and boom, now they've got them in Jacksonville. There's a man that got rich off of getting you what you want, when you want it, as soon as you want it. <laughs> All kind of stuff. His name's Bezos or something like that. I don't even know, but he's made a lot of money off of our own wants and wishes because they'll just show up there for you. And I think... For us, our continual battle and struggle is that big weed in the middle of our life that cries out to us that says, hey, um, I want what I want when I want it. And God's calling us to lay down ourselves, to allow, this, allow the Holy Spirit to come in and help us bring self under control, under his control. Matter of fact, I love what Paul wrote earlier in the letter that he wrote to the Galatians. We, led, we read in Galatians 5, but in Galatians chapter 2, 
verse 20, he put it this way. And I want this to be, this is our last verse for this morning. I want this to sink in and begin to, to permeate on the inside of us. I have been crucified. Not I'm going to be. I've been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And I know, like me, and all of us in this room and those watching online, self has had a major impact, many times negative, but some, you know, and especially when we're doing our own thing. And I want, to, I want us to, to look at, at, at this, that when I'm struggling in my life with self-control, it says less about my ability to be disciplined, and it says more about my ability to be, or, or my willingness to be connected to God the Father. And so if you're battling right now with some area or some issue in your life, and I know all of us do, I want you to think in, the, in terms of it's more about me staying connected. So, so the next time when something comes up and you get tempted beyond your control, you feel like that's what a lot of times we say, well, the devil made me do it. Or, and there are definitely the enemy does bombard us with thoughts and temptation. But instead of next time thinking I need to do more, it's a thing of I need to receive more. I need more of the grace. I need more of the joy. I need more of the peace. I need more of the, 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 the patience. I need more of who God is on the inside. Instead of me trying to get to him, I need to, re, I need to literally yield and allow him to get to me. And so as we take the next few moments, I want us to think about this whole thing of what does it look like? This is what I was driving around yesterday most of the day. What does it look like to be totally, completely surrendered to Jesus? Like 100%. I mean, that's my goal. That's my desire. My flesh keeps getting involved. It keeps wanting to what it wants and how it wants. And I got to continually, through the power of the Holy Spirit, say, no, no. I told you all when I did faithfulness a, few, a couple weeks ago that there's times where you just got to tell your flesh to shut up. Shut up, flesh. You ain't getting that. Holy Spirit, here. I yield this to you. And this morning I want us to take a few moments. Maybe there's something you've got real heavy in your life. you got real heavy on your heart. And there's something you've been walking through or something's been trying to walk through or walk in you. And you hadn't seemed to be able to overcome it in this self thing. You've been trying with all your might and everything you've got with all yourself. I'm just wondering if we take a minute and just begin to worship for just a moment and allow Jesus, allow the Holy Spirit to come and breathe new life. And instead of you focus so much on this, begin to transfer instead of looking like this. And I, I like to put it this way. If you were, if I could challenge you for a minute, I know we looked at our palms earlier and this is part of Palm Sunday. I want you to look at your palms and think about that thing that battle, you battle the most in your life. It could be an image. It could be a particular habit. It could be a hurt. I want you to look at that in your hands, in your palms right now. 
that thing that you battle so much that you struggle with the most, this thing that yourself you haven't been able to think. And if you look at that, I want you to think of it in terms of, man, this, is, this has been wreaking some havoc on me. It's, it's taken some sleepless nights from me. It's taken some things from me, and it's really wreaked havoc on my life. But this morning, I want to stop focusing on it. And I want to raise it, begin to give it to the Lord and say, God, I, I don't want, I, I give this and I, give, I surrender. Not only am I giving you this, but I give you myself fresh and anew. And in so doing, allow you to do a fresh work in my heart, in my life, to renew my mind, to renew my, my spirit and allow this connection to begin to well up in my heart. And in my spirit and bring fresh, fresh uh, forgiveness, fresh love, fresh joy, fresh peace, fresh kindness, fresh faithfulness and goodness and gentleness and self-control. Lord, thank you for developing this in me. And, and as they do this right now, take just a moment. And I'm going to call us to a place of surrender to him right now as they sing.